today we have a living encounter with the living Lord Jesus Christ, who is King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, the last, the one who has already come and the one who is to come to rule forever and ever. Praise be Jesus Christ now and forever. And the angels that we celebrate today, we know by name from Holy Scripture, St. Michael, St. Gabriel, and St. Raphael. These amazing creatures and their creatures, there's only one creator, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. These amazing creatures rejoice to be servants of God, to worship God, to adore God, to serve God. And they can teach us much in that reality. We are created to serve God, to know God, to love God, to serve God and be happy with him forever. And we should worship him and praise him and glorify him, adore him. Give him thanks for his great glory. Let our lives be a praise of God's glory. The angels can teach us this. These these creatures, by their nature, are so far superior to us by our nature. And yet, by grace, we are lifted above them when we're united with God. The second person of the Trinity, the eternal word, chose to become a man. He did not become an angel. Wow. Wow. And the angels that chose to follow the plan of God rejoice in this. They see the greatness of God. Jesus Christ, though he was in the form of God, did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at. Rather, he emptied himself and took the form of a slave, being born in the likeness of men. He was known to be of human estate, and it was thus that he humbled himself, obediently accepting death, death on a cross. But because of this, God highly exalted him and gave him the name above every other name, so that the name of Jesus every knee must bend in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue proclaimed the glory of God the Father, Jesus Christ is Lord. So you see the, the way that Jesus empties himself, but then... He's exalted. And wow, the angels rejoice in this reality, those who chose to follow the plan of God. Now, first I want to share with you a teaching from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And I encourage you all to have a catechism in your homes or convents or places of residence. that we are taught in Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 331, that Christ is the center of the angelic world. They are his angels. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, and I hope we all look forward to that, 
They belong to him because they were created through him and for him. For in him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. The angels realize this. They, they are privileged and, 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 and they remain humble to be in the presence of God. And they're always there worshiping God, and yet they're always serving God. How they do that, how our Blessed Mother does that, how she stays in the heavenly liturgy perpetually, and yet is a mother to all of us at the same time, uh, that's a mystery that we'll know when we get to heaven, God willing, how that works. But we should strive for that in our life right now. No matter what we're doing, we should always be in the presence of God. For As I said earlier, he's in us, and we're in him when we're in a state of grace. We should always be living a life of adoration. Living a life of adoration. You could actually remember the word amen. Amen. The first A is adoration. Our life should be perpetual adoration. It's not just when we come here, but the Eucharistic presence of the Lord, that's a special privilege But our life should be perpetual adoration. The M is we should live the moral life, which means basically to live the life of Jesus. And Jesus is not just an ethical system. The word morality really relates to our will. There's virtues that are intellectual virtues virtues, and what we call moral virtues. The moral virtues relate to your will. The will is where charity resides. The will is where the decision to give your life totally to God resides. We need to live the moral life, just like Jesus taught us, giving himself totally the Father, glorifying the Father, and bringing about the salvation of mankind. E is we need to continually be educated in the ways of God. To love the word of God, to embrace the word of God, to embrace the traditions of the Catholic Church, the sacred tradition, and the magisterium of the church, to be educated in that school that really matters, the school of love, the school of charity, the school where love is made visible. That's the most important lesson to learn. That's the school I want to live my life in, the school of charity. It doesn't matter how many diplomas somebody has, if they have not learned in the school of charity, it's all nothing. And the N, I'll just say, is never give up. <laughs> never give up. That's part, of the, that's part of the journey. Determination, perseverance. Never give up. Live in amen. But it starts with adoration. That should be our life. And we need to teach this world how to adore God. Adoration means basically placing God first and at the center 
and in everything. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and last. That's what the angels do. These amazing creatures. I mean, they're so amazing that, like, uh, one way to s- describe them, they're, they're pure spirits, but in a certain way, a pure mind, okay? It's not just pure mind the way we think of mind, like we think of the brain. But pure spirit. And so, by a thought, they can be where they think they need to be. And that's why they can travel that fast. They're pictured with wings, but it's not like, you know, they start flapping their wings and come to us like birds. We need that image. A thought, and they're there. You know, we actually sort of have that ability somewhat, right? We think of a loved one, and we're there, sort of. We're not there physically, but, you know, we're creating the image and likeness of God. Angels have wills, and they have intellects. They don't have bodies. But... Boy, they can get to right where they need to get. So when we call upon them, they're there. But at the same time, at the, they're worshiping God at all times. How that works out, I mean, we'll ask the queen of angels, Mary. And they're actually happy to have Mary as the queen. Now, let, let me share a few things about Michael, St. Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. One is to understand some of the wonderful things that we know from scripture, the truths that have been revealed about them, then the other part is how are we going to apply the lessons in our lives? Because that's what we're here to do is to learn how to apply it in our lives, not just to learn things about the angels. So they're actually archangels. There's nine celestial choirs. The archangels are very special. Michael is the leader of the heavenly hosts. Michael's name means who is like unto God, which, and the answer is no one is like unto God. Cuis ut Deus in Latin. That's a great exorcism prayer. Cuis ut Deus. Who is like unto God? No one. Here's what tradition tells us. First, God created this beautiful, invisible world of angels before he created the physical world. But his plan was always to create the physical world and to have us grow as his family, sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. And we never needed to know evil if our first parents did not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We never needed to know evil. And then we would have had all these great gifts where everything would have been ordered in our body. We would have lived the great life of virtue. Our intellects would have been filled with light and, and our wills would have been strong and we, would have, we wouldn't have had to die. Death was the consequence of sin. Well, At the center of this whole plan of God, the second person of the Trinity, the eternal word, was going to teach humanity how to be truly children of God. 
once they learned, then they would have been taken to heaven. We don't know how that was going to take place, but God knew that our first parents would disobey. So what was revealed to the angels was an intellectual vision. You see, the angels learn through infused knowledge. This is a technical term, infused, because they don't have, they don't have bodies, so they can't touch this podium and say, oh, that's, that's hard, or touch a stove and say, oh, that's hot. But they can observe things and learn, or, they, or God gives them infused knowledge, and sometimes God gives knowledge to the higher orders of, of like, seraphim or archangels, and they share it with the, the lesser orders. But when they learn something, they never forget it. It's there. Okay? They're not like us. We're made out of the clay. God remembers what we're made out of. They're pure spirits. And they were shown a vision of this plan of God where the second person of the Trinity was going to assume our human nature. Lucifer, who was a high angel, probably a cherubim, his name meant light bearer, Lucifer, the carrier of light. Light in angelic terms means angelic intellect, understanding, light. You know how we say, I see the light, I understand. Lucifer was so proud, he was like, if God is going to assume any nature, he should assume my nature, angelic nature. I'm so great. He's so proud. And so it was revealed that the second person of the Trinity was going to assume our human nature. And Lucifer basically looked at us as if we were basically hairless apes, animals. That's what scientists try to tell us. Don't let them make a monkey out of you, please. <laughs> but we do, have that, and we do have that animal aspect to us, right? The lower part of our nature. The higher part of our nature should have governed the lower part of our nature. And this is a beautiful way that God designed. First, there was the invisible universe. Then there was the physical universe. And he combined the physical and the invisible universe in, in humanity. That's, what a great artist, right? And then Christ came and, and, and took this into himself. What a great artist. The artist just never continues with his wonderful creation, right? I mean, that's a masterpiece, to put all this together, gives glory to God. Well, Lucifer knew that he could not fight against God. But then he was also shown the plan that this, the second person of the Trinity that was going to assume the human nature was going to assume the human nature from this little 14-and-a-half-year-old girl, 15-year-old girl, one of us, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and on top of it, the angels would have to honor her. Lucifer just couldn't take that. He just couldn't take it. And he said, non serviat, don't ever say those words. I hate to even say them in the homily. I will not serve. 
And Michael stood up and said, Cui sut Deus? Who is like unto God? No one. How dare you? And there was the battle. The enemy and those that he had deceived, one-third of heaven, were swept out of heaven. And that's what we heard about from the book of Revelation. We're in the middle of a battle. On earth, we have to fight against this, these fallen angels. That's what we call the devil and the demons. Okay? But remember, we have God. We're God's children. We must rely on God. No one is like God. Now, God could, just, could have just wiped out Lucifer and those rebellious angels, right? God could have just wiped them out with a thought. They exist no more. But he didn't do that. Why? Because God does not destroy. God is a creative God. In the end, we will see the goodness of God in the fact that he doesn't destroy. But what happened is, once Lucifer and the fallen angels separated themselves from God, kind of like what happens when you get out of a state of grace, Lucifer and the fallen angels destroy themselves. That's what happens. Just like God does not send people to hell, people choose hell. There is a hell, let me make that clear. Philosophically, there must be a hell. Just to um, make this little note. Because we have free will, right? We know we have free will. So if there's a heaven, there has to be a hell, because there has to be a choice. If you have free will, there has to be a choice. If there's no choice, there's no free will, right? God didn't make us robots who would just worship him and honor him and love him because I must do this. I'm a robot. I'm not a robot. He gave us free will, which is such a great gift, but, but sin is when we misuse our free will. Lucifer and the fallen angels misuse their free will. And the one that was so bright became so dark. When he was kicked out of heaven, we rejoice what we heard, you know, now have salvation and power come and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his anointed. For the accuser of our brothers is cast out who accuses them before God night and day, day and night. They conquered him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Love for life did not deter them from death. Therefore rejoice you heavens and you that dwell in them. Let me go to that right now. First of all, we have to make sure that we don't start accusing anybody. If we ever find ourselves accusing anyone, we're being tempted. Let's not be accusers. That's, that's what the devil does. He's a divider, accuser, a murderer from the beginning. If you find yourself accusing, including yourself, that's not from God. Rather, we're supposed to conquer by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of our testimony. And the Greek word for testimony is what? Martyrdom. Martyr, that's what it means, to testify, to give witness, right? How do we conquer? By the blood of the lamb and our martyrdom, dying to ourselves. That's how we have the victory over these powerful angels. So back to the fact that God does not destroy. So God did not destroy them, and God did not take away their angelic nature. So the gifts that they were given 
originally they still have. They still have an angelic nature. The ability to learn things quickly and not forget them. They can observe and remember things. That's what they do. They observe us. They, they watch our tendencies, our inclinations, our habits, right? But they can't read our hearts. They can't. They can speak things in our ears and tempt us. They can give us images, but they can't get into our hearts. They can't get into our will. Understand? They can't unless we open up to them. But here's something you must also understand. Once they separated themselves from God, they get no more gifts from God. They're destroying themselves and they get no more gifts. So they have the angelic nature that's so amazing. But we, God's little children, keep getting gifts, keep getting grace, get the sacraments. We have the word of God. And in addition to that, God gives us the angels that made the right choice to help us. And even if my guardian angel was by nature, in a way I'll say smaller than Lucifer, by nature, because my angel, my guardian angel made the right choice, my angel is stronger than Lucifer. My little angel by nature because of his yes, continuing to get graces from God, is stronger than even Lucifer. So let's not give Lucifer too much credit. In fact, you'll enjoy this. Some say that the image that Lucifer was shown when he was kicked out of heaven, and he chose to be more like the animals that he despised, they said the image was much like the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, And that's why he hates to see that image. It reminds him of that moment when he chose to become more like a snake than to have that wonderful angelic nature. That image of Our Lady Guadalupe is powerful. He crawls on his belly. He's got an angelic nature. But don't give him too much credit. God uses him as a tool. Padre Pio says he's like a dog on a leash. Just know the length of the leash and don't get too close. (laughs) Lucifer can be used to really get people back close to God. (laughs) Paul himself says, you know, I I turned uh, Alexander and the other one over to, to Satan, you know, because not out of penalty, but, you know, they're going to get corrected. You, you know, Lucifer's so cruel that eventually you're going to come running back to God. Seriously. That's the plan. But also we need to learn to overcome the enemy like Jesus went to the desert to show us that in Jesus we have the victory. But just remember the words of Michael. Quis ut Deus. Who is like unto God? No one. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. Believe in him. He's your daddy. Your dad's not going to let you get hurt. But your dad also says, hey, don't talk to that guy who lives down the street who's a serial murderer. Okay, he lives on the house down the street. 
And when you're walking to school, cross the street and never talk to that guy. Why do we listen to him? Don't dialogue with him. He doesn't want to. He says, oh, come here. I have some candy for you. I don't want your candy. Chocolate covered poison. Get away from me. I, I, I don't, my dad told me don't talk to you. If my dad tells me don't talk to you, I don't talk to you. Why are you going to talk to him? Right? My dad, my dad's got it handled. He sent his son and, and the lamb won the victory. So Michael has the victory. And we have Michael's assistance. Gabriel is mentioned many times in scripture, but I, I remember especially for me, you know, coming to Zechariah and announcing the birth of John the Baptist and Zechariah said, you know, kind of doubted. And so his mouth was shut for nine months. And I bet many of you probably hope my mouth is shut for nine months. But <clears throat> he got a lot of time to reflect. And then that's when he's saying the Benedictus that we say every morning prayer. You know, after nine months of meditation, or many months of meditation, you know, uh, you know, his, he, he, he understood. But Gabriel means God's strength. And so God chooses Gabriel to deliver messages of super important, super high importance, including the birth of Jesus, the incarnation of Jesus, right? And so it's, it's said that, that the Trinity summoned Gabriel to the altar of God to go deliver the message. I mean, can you imagine, Gabriel, how awesome this is? I mean, the Trinity's calling me. They're going to let me go deliver a message. Our, 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 our Mariology professor in Rome he made this point, and I'll share with you. I mean, it, it brings such a smile to me. He said, you know, when you look at angels in the scripture, they don't say very many words, and they're pretty, you know, terrifying. I mean, you know, they come and they deliver their message, and they get, you know, they get back to worshiping God, or they're worshiping God while they're serving God, but their messages aren't too long. But if you read Luke's account of the Annunciation, I mean, even Gabriel got excited, our professor said. It is the truth, you know. I mean, when Mary said, how can this be? And that's what we should say. How can this be? Don't say why. The best question is, how can this be? How can I glorify God? I don't understand the mystery. How is the answer, is the question. Never ask God why. I've made that mistake many times in my life. He'll never answer it. Why? He'll just let you sit in your pain. Don't ask why. I, I tell you from my own experience. Just say how. How can I glorify God? Okay? And once Mary says, how can this be? I mean, first of all, you know, she's all humble. And, uh, you know, what, what sort of greeting is this? I mean, Gabriel's already so excited. You know, you found favor with God. And the one that's going to be born from you is the one from the Most High. Promised to be, you know, taking the throne of David. And he's going to be, I mean, Gabriel's even excited, you know, to, to announce this. And he goes, how, how can this be? The power of the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And you're going to conceive. And I mean, Gabriel's excited. How awesome to be chosen by God. And we're chosen by God. And, 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 you know, all the angels were waiting for the answer of Mary. St. Bernard talks about, you know, now is not the time to just be humble and silent. All of the world waits for your answer. Basically, please say yes. 
She says yes. Fiat mihi verbum secundum tuum be it done unto me according to the word. So Gabriel, the strength of God, the message to, 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 to announce this presence of God, the strength of God. And then Raphael, God's remedy or God heals. Tonight we're going to have a healing service again. It's going to be a little bit different. We won't have the individual benediction, but we're going to pray pretty much a holy hour for a healing of the world, especially the church and the healing of the victims. The abuse of power is, it's happened throughout the whole world and many, many things, but God always starts cleaning up the world in his, in his own house first. It always starts in his own house first. We need purification. We're going to pray for that. But we need Raphael to heal. And so he comes and he helps out, you know, Tobit and helps arrange the marriage and, you know, and, and all these, these, these things, uh, you know, even catching fish. And, you know, angels are, angels are pretty amazing. I mean, they take care of all kinds of details. When God sends them on a mission, they take care of it. And uh, it's God who gives the healing. It's God who's the one who's, who's, who's the creator of all. It's God who's the strong one. It's God who, it's God who heals. But God loves to have his beloved creation, the angels or the celestial choirs, and we, us human beings, he loves to have us involved. He shares. And so when you get a message or a mission, carry it out like the angels, faithfully. And try to live as pure as the angels, as humble and pure as the angels. Padre Pio talks about that, to, to live angelic. Now, don't act like we're angels. One of the errors in spirituality is some, is some people fall in angelism. They start to act like they're, they're angels and they lose sight of the fact that we're humans, right? And, and, and so uh, anything, of the, anything of the body, they start to act like it's, you know, not right. Well, no, God, God assumed our human nature and he shows us how to have things ordered. Okay, so now how to, how to apply this in our lives? Well, there's a few things we've learned how to apply in our lives. To serve God, to love God, to be faithful to God, to worship God, to know that no one is like God, that God has this great plan and Christ is at the center of the plan. And uh, God loves us and gives us these amazing spirits to help us and uh, on our journey. And how to adore God. But what do you see with Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael? Well, I'll start with Ra Raphael, healing. We're supposed to now take the healing we've received in the Eucharist. Okay, this is a Eucharistic adoration retreat, love made visible. We're supposed to take our, the healing we receive to other people. Share the source of our healing. That's how we do it. What happened to you? How, you know, you're different than when you went to Waverly, Nebraska uh, Thursday evening. What happened? Well... I got closer to the Eucharistic Lord. What does that mean? You know, I mean, share the source of your healing. That's how you do it. You know, sometimes the, the greatest ministers of God are those who've been broken through certain things in life. And they can speak from 
their own journey and their own experience of God, how God has brought them to where they are. Some, you know, alcoholics that are recovered are the best messengers to other alcoholics, right? Truthfully. We all have brokenness, but God is God. And he's our daddy. So healing, let's be healers. Let's also be messengers of God, like Gabriel. Proclaim the word with our lives. One of the quotes attributed to St. Francis is, preach always and when necessary, use words. By the way we live, people see, they're watching. They know we're Catholics, they're watching. Are, are you really living what you're, what you're saying? Yes, you know. Proclaim this word. I, we talked about how to pray the word and live it and make a resolution. Be a messenger of the word. And love Our Lady like Gabriel did. <laughs> live the rosary. The joys, the lights, the sorrows, and the glories of the rosary are our life, our whole life. It's right there. We all have joys. We all have lights. We all have sorrows. We all have glories. We've got to keep it connected. And Michael... We also need to be champions. We are in a cosmic war. I hope you know that. Don't get too caught up in, in, in feeling overwhelmed. But we are to be champions. Relying on the strength of God. Only he is God. But what is, how do we win the victory? Faith, hope, and charity. John Paul II, St. John Paul II, even speaking about the communist, said that the thing they fear the worst is faith. It's the weapon that they could not overcome. I, I sense tingles through me. I mean, I could, you know, uh, you know, remember that John Paul II went to Poland and he started speaking some ways and right there in the square and there's millions of people and and all of a sudden, all the Polish people started saying it, you know, I'll say it in English, but they're going, we want God. We want God. We want God. And the communists looked at each other and said, we're defeated. The world wants God. And we need to take God. We're just this little band of 50, you know? There's, there's, there's a big old world out there. But don't be afraid. You know, also remember, we have these awesome angels, you know, and, and they're not just little statues like that little Michael over there that we incensed. Michael, I'm, I, 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 you know, I, I'm sure he's smiling. Oh, look at, look at, little, look at little Zach. He's, he, he incensed me. And yes, you know, you know, I feel so good because Zach incensed me and I'm going to do him a favor. no. You know, Michael's going to do what God tells him to do. And God's going to tell him to do some good things. And God's actually going to tell him sometimes, let Zach continue to be trained for battle. Don't interfere. We're going to keep the dog on a leash, but he's going to get within leash distance a little bit to learn some things he needs to learn. It's okay. That's our path. But we have the victory. One thing Pope Benedict told that was great, you know, there were, you know, people coming to be, or, uh, be instituted as cardinals. 
and you know, in his in his great wisdom, after all these years, he 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 did say to them, and and he, he is a powerful message. I mean, he said, "Remember, in the end, Jesus has the victory." There's a lot to what he said right there. Let's not get so caught up in our offices and our whatever the thoughts and programs. God is God. And Jesus has the victory. But I personally think it's such a great privilege to have the victory by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my martyrdom. But I also think that it's extremely beautiful that in the end, you know, who's the one that's going to crush the head of this arrogant, fallen angel? This little girl. You know, like I said, God could just wipe them out. But what's the greatest way to humble a big, arrogant guy who thinks he's so strong? What's the greatest way? <laughs> Let a little girl step on his head? <laughs> I mean, that's pretty humbling. <laughs> Mom is going to do it. Just, you know, and we're all just going to smile. <laughs> you know, and we can learn from Michael. You know, you do, do look at his statue. You know, he's holding that, he's holding, he's holding the sword up, right? And it's not like it's a big struggle. He's just waiting for the word of God. And when you look at like Mary, she's, she's either bending down looking at us or, or a lot of times she's just looking at God. That's how we win the victory. Or Michael, he's looking at God. You know, he's just waiting for the word. It's not like a big struggle. Once God says do it, what's Michael going to do? He's just going to go, hmm. <laughs> He's not even going to look at him. I mean, it's just going to be boom. <laughs> Goodbye. I mean, so, so don't look at him. He's ugly. He's smelly. He bites. Don't get caught up in that. Listen to your daddy. Trust in the lamb. Be anointed in the Holy Spirit. And learn from the angels how to truly worship God and honor Mary. Amen.